everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right. Today we're covering The Cured. This begins our month of Let's Hear It for the Gays. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. And today we're so excited to be joined by our special guest, Gina Famia. Welcome, Gina. Hi. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. We're so we excited to having, have you. We love playwrights on Fear Street. We love yes, them. Yes. <laughs> Yay. I love that. Yay, playwrights. So we're going to start where we always start with our special guests for the first time they're on the show. But what is your favorite scary movie? I love that question for so many reasons. But my favorite of all, I usually don't have favorites um, of things. I'm usually like, oh, I must rank them and, you know, um, and different list them. But for this, my favorite scary movie is Halloween from 1978, 100,000%. Good choice, good choice. So are slashers like your favorite subgenre or are you equal opportunity? I find I like slashers when they're done well and subversive, but they're also less scary to me because they're less like ghosts and magical, like scary, supernatural stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that really scares me, like (laughs) deep scare, horrified, like can't sleep. So I like slashers because I'm like, oh, it's, it's just a person slashing people. Cutting people up. That's a fun day. He's a very large man who's who's supernaturally strong and lift people up. Exactly. And that's the thing with with Halloween that does like, it does get into like, oh, he he is the boogeyman. So that is kind of, but I'm also, I don't know. Slashers are the least like scary for me to experience, but I, I just loved Halloween so much when I watched it the first time. And I watch it like every year, not only on Halloween, just like on a Tuesday. Like if I just need to pick me up, I'll watch Halloween. <laughs> it's it's the John Carpenter I've seen the most. Um, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. a classic for a reason, for sure. Yeah, really. Um, so Gina, tell us, what is your horror origin story? Yeah, I also love this question too, because I... Like up until like seven years ago, before I saw Halloween, I would never, I would always be like, that's my least favorite thing in the world. I hate horror. I hate scary movies. I live in Disney and that's it. And it's because like my brain really latches on to those scary like ideas and images. And like there was one time I like deep when I was in like sixth grade, I, we, they took us, they bust us out to a theater in New Jersey to see like retellings of Edgar Allan Poe's stories and it really wasn't scary like it was really like actors being like I don't know why we're doing this but we're doing it for the children (laughs) you know they're like the telltale heart knock knock you know but that scared me for and I did not sleep for three days after I saw it and it's because the images just like the imagine my imagination goes wild it just runs around screaming and it's like don't you think that this will be the thing (laughs) but when I so that happened when I saw Halloween but also I was like taken by the filmmaking of it and was like oh I didn't know that horror movies could be actual films 
which sounds, you know, elitist, which it is because Oscars are like, they don't really uplift anything in the horror genre. So for my immediate references, I never really thought to seek it out. And because I was like scared of everything, I was like, I never shall. But then I watched that and I was like, oh, it's worth it. And so I still get those horror, like I, my brain will wake me up in the middle of the night. Like the trailer for old, the movie, the new movie, which I have no desire to see, but I've seen the trailer and it's woken me up. Like my brain has <laughs> woken me up in the middle of the night to be like, don't you want to think about this? <laughs> <laughs> Let me look at the mirror real quick. Can I walk? <laughs> no, I'm like, I don't want to think about that for so many reasons, but my brain will be like, yeah, you do. But that's how, like, I feel like when I saw Halloween seven years ago for a really bad theater reason, um, for like a festival that turned out to be horrible and toxic, but I had I had to watch it for that. And I was like, oh, wait, this is great. And now I'm obsessed. It's also just like this really cool underdog, because part of the things we think are cool about that movie is because they didn't have money. Right. <laughs> and when you don't have money, right. you don't get to have lights. And so, of course, you have dark corners. <laughs> you got two lamps. You got atmosphere all of a sudden. <laughs> so, yes. and, right. And John Carpenter says, you know what? I see that dark corner. What happens if he stands in that dark corner and just stands there? <laughs> I will say the moment when Michael Myers comes out with the sheet and he's wearing the guy's glasses was like an iconic moment for me because I started laughing and I was terrified and laughing and I was like, I like this juxtaposition. Like it's Michael, so ridiculous. Michael has a sense of humor, you know? Right. <laughs> Let me just put on this sheet real quick. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was so funny and, and bizarre, and I love that. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Gina, do you have any social media or projects you want to plug right now? Yeah, I can plug some social medias. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, somewhat reluctantly, but still there. At Harry the Houdini is my handle for both of those sites. Awesome. Awesome. And- and you can also be found on New Play Exchange for all those theater yes. people that listen to us. <laughs> yes, I am on New Play Exchange. I'm Gina Femi on New Play Exchange. Because yes. they were like, let's be serious and not, you know. I have these social media handles from way before social media started getting more serious. <laughs> and I refuse, <laughs> I refuse to change. I refuse. But very serious on New Play Exchange. Yeah, there's yeah, yes. a lot of stuff on there. Um, I one of the random things about our podcast is that we have a giant horror following, but also a lot of theater people who just like follow us. <laughs> the intersection, yes, I love yes. it. We just start doing like a horror plays, like just do like a month of those <laughs> to be like, hey, here's Hangman. Um, yes, <laughs> I agree. That would be incredible. Yeah, love it. All right. Well, let's get down into our notes on the movie The Cured. So I had so many conflicting feelings about this movie. I really liked the synopsis and the idea of it much better than the execution, which I found mostly uneven and slow. And I wanted to care more about things, but I just couldn't get into the characters who I thought were really dry and largely forgettable, which I feel like is a problem for a movie specifically like this, which... You should really, I mean, in any situation, maybe ideally you're caring about the characters, um, but particularly for the story. Hard agree. I, I, <laughs> I watched it twice and both times I was like, this is very dry. This is, this is very, I, it's not, 
again, I think that I would I would like the script. I would like to read the script. I would like mm-hmm. to see what was there on the page mm-hmm. because sometimes, and it's the same writer that directed it. And so sometimes mm-hmm. we <laughs> sometimes we need that extra pair of eyes on our work. And mm-hmm. I wonder what would have happened had he handed this off to someone else to direct. Yeah. What they would have done, what the pacing would have been like, what the casting might have looked like. Because my first note is, it's 2017. Why are there no brown or black people? <laughs> yes. Like, I know I've not been to Ireland, but I imagine we're there. And so <laughs> I had an issue off the bat. And I think that a different director might have been like, hey. <laughs> yeah. That's one mm-hmm. thing we can fix, if nothing else. Oh, definitely. Easily. An easy fix. Yeah, I think that I, I, I tend to agree that the characters seemed a little flat, but it also, I don't know, as as a gay man, because this is written and directed by a gay man, and as, so I'm not going to, I can't speak for him because I haven't done enough research to kind of know what his intentions were in making this film. But for me, it felt, from the very beginning, it felt like a therapy session of like, <laughs> let's deal with this queer shame that you have. Your family hates you. You need to, uh, you know the society wants you dead they you know they don't believe that especially you know and we can i know you two have notes about like or sheree i think you do the current Mm -hmm. uh, climate of virus and disease but looking at this from an hiv aids uh, lens and how there's still so much stigma around that and like even though you know most people don't understand that if you are if your vir- if your viral load is zero you're if you're undetectable you cannot transmit the disease people don't there's not there's so much misinformation and, uh, and ignorance out there about HIV and AIDS which is so interlinked with the queer experience that it's so it just I just had so many feelings from the very top so many scenes were very triggering for me mm. um, and so I felt like maybe this was his way of dealing with some of that shame that is embedded in all, in a lot of queer people myself included so yeah that's why I, I kind of yeah I, I but i agree that i felt like some of the characters needed to be amped up the, the stakes needed to be raised for especially sinan or sinan because i got it from connor especially with dealing with his family and the world and the, um, the military that he had to deal with and i get it from abby with the death of her husband and stuff like that. But Sinan was the one that was kind of inner, who was supposed to bring those two worlds together. And I never got that conflict from him. Mm-hmm. I also feel like him and Connor were sort of coded to be a couple, but we didn't actually ever get confirmation because when I watched it the second time, I'm like, did I make that up? And I, I don't feel like I made it up so much as it just was, it was subtly there. It was, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah. it's, it, yeah. It, it's the couple, it's the, I'm trying to put this into words. It's the, because you find out that Connor is the one that infected Sinan and was there when Luke, when he when Sinan killed Luke. And so it's almost as if Connor is the person that Sinan was with when he got into this kind of negative culture of division and chaos, like anarchy in a sense. Hmm. And so there is that kind of toxic relationship there that I don't think was it was necessarily a sexual relationship as much as it was like a romantic but toxic romantic relationship. So I think that it, I think that it for me in that relationship gave me enough that I got it, especially the scenes where they're very intimate 
you know, foreheads together, hugging each other very intimately. I don't think I needed a like they're in a relationship for me personally. I didn't need like I didn't need like a parade and somebody jump out of a cake or anything, but it just felt like it was leaving a lot of <laughs> to us. Because again, he bit him for a reason. If he's in his house for what? We never get why he was in his house. We never get why he bites him specifically. And after after he eats his brother, he turns to the person that bit him and they embrace a little bit. And so I'm just like, I feel that this is what this is. Um, and you take care of each other while you're being rehabilitated, if that's what we're calling the cure. <laughs> and so I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I i don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt like it was definitely like a, Senin was like a metaphor where he was between the two worlds of like the cured and also trying to reaculate to like life and was like carrying the experience of having the experience of um, being within that virus, which I think is really cool, like a cool concept of like the people who are um, cured remember everything that they did, which I think is like harrowing and, and nightmarish. And another thing that I didn't feel like was fully talked about, but I imagine that like that is something that's like you share intimately with somebody that you're cured. And then also because he's like so welcomed into Abigail's world and she seems to be like being like hashtag good ally a lot of the times with the cured um, that it, it might, I don't, I saw him as like straddling the line between those two worlds and trying to like figure out where he can exist and maybe not being able to exist in either. So he goes off and like makes his own is kind of how I read the ending as, but I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. No, totally. I think that's, I think that's, a, for me, I read the same thing that he couldn't, because he didn't agree with the, the, man, the, the, the actions taken by the cured right. ally, whatever they're called, the, 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 the group of cured that are causing this chaos. The cured alliance. The cured yeah. alliance. That's what it is. He didn't, he didn't agree with the actions that they were taking, but he also knew that deep down Abby would never be able to forgive him. And also right. people are awful as they were executing people in cages because they're like, they're going to die anyways. And so I also would not want a part of this world if I was giving it out. I, <laughs> I, I, I for something, for some reason, Connor and she had also reminded me of Professor X and Magneto because yes. they have two different schools of thought and they are both also right. experiencing these like hate crimes because of course the X-Men was teaching people about <laughs> all of this secretly and people right. were like, oh no, how dare you try to inception me? I'm going to burn these comics and go back to my bullshit. And so... <laughs> <laughs> and so I felt a lot of that. And I was like, are we about to get like a whole little like the cured universe? <laughs> the cured universe. I, I would be into it, I think. I think, I think would this be. would be a fun comic series. I would be into that. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> especially because it, so like one of my questions or one of my thoughts is that like, Back in the olden days, zombies would just appear and there'd be pandemonium and people are running and climbing buildings. And we've gotten into this new school of thought in the last couple of decades specifically, because I mean, there were breadcrumbs, but specifically the last few decades where it's like, it's a virus. Let's mm -hmm. play with science. <laughs> Let's give it a reason. And I feel like what the script does is it like sort of moves that needle to be like, if it's science, there's a cure, right? And so, <laughs> and, I, and it shows that these people that have the virus are still people. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I know in because at work right now with one of my classes, we're rewatching The Walking Dead. And so there is this kind of question that some of these characters have in that show that are these zombies humans or are they not humans? And I think in that show, in that kind of where they're taking it is they're not humans anymore. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it's kind of a whole other other side yeah. of that pendulum. Yeah, like it, it takes what I think the first time I clocked that was 28 days when I was a kid, I think is the first time I clocked it. It takes that idea and it like introduces more science and it talks about what happens after because we never get right. after the zombie apocalypse. We yeah. get the during and people are screaming and being eaten. <laughs> and you're like, but what is the new normal after if there's a new normal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think adding, I think what Gina said earlier about adding that, like they remember what they did when they were when they were infected, adds a whole other level of drama. And they, I think they do kind of hint at it in the prefer in the periphery of right. the of the dialogue because they talk about the guy that killed himself because he mm-hmm. remembered all the things that he did, and with Connor's family, and they're not able to, and then the backstory of Luke. But yeah, and that could that could have been played with more, I think. Do, do y'all have a preference between the zombie schools of thought? Do you like it when they just show up and start eating people? Or do you want more science and feelings? Or <laughs> I mean, I want both. Yeah, always. I like both. I, like I both. want and. <laughs> but I, was, I think that we're... So, I'm so sorry. I was agreeing. <laughs> okay. um, because I, I think we have a lot of the the former. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Where we have a lot of like showing up and eating people, yeah, but not right. as much as like the the science and the deeper questions. Which, which to your point is, yeah, that's something I'm super interested in, and also interested in because these zombies don't disintegrate, or do they? Or is that the right word? <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're they, not, they stay there like a real body, which they're not, deco- they're they're not decomposing. They're not decomposing. Yeah. That's the word. But I, if you were a decomposing zombie, would you want to come back into a decomposed body? Is the thing that I've yeah. always thought about in terms of like things like The Walking Dead or anything that is more right. of a, a reanimated corpse zombie versus a there's still a person inside zombie yeah no i definitely i would i again there's that question that goes around i think i i think i saw that from vita which is a show star shouldn't have canceled i say that every week though um (laughs) (laughs) there's that question where she asked the person she's like hanging out with at the moment if i were a zombie would you kill me and the person's like no i would like chain you up and figure it out and she's like what and then she asked her sister, who she always has issues with because her sister does a lot. Lynn does a lot. And her sister's like, I would kill you. You'd want me to kill you, so I'd kill you. No questions asked. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I would yeah. be like, wait, what, what zombie lore are we talking about here? Hold on. Are we talking about the virus? Or are we talking about... <laughs> we need some clarifying questions yeah. for sure. Right? Like, what kind of virus is it? Because <laughs> like, if you just kill me because I get sick, that's rude. Exactly. <laughs> who all gonna be there in this apocalypse before I co-sign? <laughs> right. That too. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So, I just had a I just had a thought. I'm curious what your guys' thought is would be on this. I so we, we've talked about how we want more character, more more the stakes being raised. I and I was just thinking maybe for me, I wanted either I wanted the director writer to pick are we going to focus on the search for the cure or with the doctor and that kind of work that CNN's doing, or are we going to focus on the relationships with Abby and Connor and 
the child. I can't think of his name right now. Yeah. Gillian, not Gillian. Killian. 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 Yeah. Killian. No. So many things were started and then dropped in this movie. Cause like when um he asked Abby, why didn't you go back to your home? Because Abby's not Irish. Like Elliot Page will not fuck with an accent. He is not ready to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> and I respect that. <laughs> Yes. Good for you, Elliot. Good yeah. for you. Elliot's like, this is not my ministry. Um, no. <laughs> and, so, and so, like, the brother's like, why didn't you go back home to America? And Abby's like, because Gillian was born here, and so they're only taking in people who were born in America, um, even though he's not detectable, he doesn't have the virus. I'm like, that's some immigration shit that America does pull. Are we going to go in on that? Because we're going to go in on that? I'm listening. And we never right. bring it up again, ever. Yeah, I think there was too many strings and not enough knots. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think that's a beautiful way to put that. And I think that's where a lot of my frustration lay or lied, whatever. Um, like, I would try to latch on to something and be like, I'm excited about this thing. And then it would just go away and be like another thing. And then, I, okay, I'm now excited about this thing. That's going to go away, too. <laughs> and, the, and the things we didn't get are the things we wanted, much like life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair. But, but I really I really think the biggest question is just thematically for this writer director is are we going to focus on the family or are we going to focus on the science? And yeah. the science can be happening in the periphery of the family, but we need to focus more on the family if we're going to make that choice. And I think that's where he ended up kind of leaning because we kind of let the science go about two thirds of the way through this film and really hit home with the relationships with Connor and Cena and, and Abby. Yeah. But then I didn't need all that at the beginning. I could have been focusing on this in the first place. It felt like in a novel, because in the novel, you always have like the main setup and that's what you're really into. And they're like, but you need all these other things. I can drag this out, make it a novel, not a novella. And I'm like, I don't, Steven. I don't, <laughs> Jonathan, stop. And they're like, no. And so you have like this B and the C plot, which you're like, it, it sort of makes sense. I guess I'm going to read it in case something important happens. But if you cut it, nobody cares. <laughs> um, I felt like that. Yeah. I feel like oh, a successful way of that showing up is like, oh, I recognize that this is unnecessary, but it's so interesting that I want to know. And I did not feel that happened here. It was the science too. I had such frustrations with it from like how it was just like, I'm so close to like the cure. I'm so close to being able to cure everybody. And then it, there was no real science said. And I feel like if there was like fake science, I would have been more like, tell me more. But I was just like, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a letdown. Which is sad because the second elephant in the room, other than the no people of color 2017, which I'll never let live down, the second elephant <laughs> is I feel like this movie has the potential to hit differently because of the times. Mm -hmm. And so we know people will not get their shit together if something happens. Yep. <laughs> we are rooting for the scientist. And I didn't feel I was rooting for her because I didn't know what she was really doing until it was right. too late. Like, she was right. being eaten when I was like, this was your end game. And I was like, well, if only we talked sooner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the big elephant in the room connected to her for me is that she was a lesbian. And yeah. <laughs> she got eaten real fast. Yeah. And it was so frustrating to me because she was the only queer coded, queer, not coded. She was, she was queer yeah. character. And she was just like, I want to save my partner. And 
there was such frustration. She kept being like, I feel like her role was very like, I'm telling the male scientists that I want to cure everybody and they're telling me no. And that's alone like frustrating when that's, it was like very one note, very like fly butting its head into a windowsill, like she kept saying, and you know, it was not really well done. And then the second that her partner comes back, she's like, honey, and they kiss and then she gets eaten. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, and I, didn't, I wish they would, because, like, yeah, I agree. Her character was so flat the entire time. That's why I didn't, mm-hmm. honestly, kind of didn't care when she got eaten. But, but then, <laughs> but, but, if, but if I had known that this woman that she was experimenting on was her partner this entire time, I might have cared a little bit more. Because she didn't seem to really have an attachment to the woman until she could tell she had been cured. She seemed to just be a good person who wanted to save people. And I'm like, that's good. It doesn't really like play on TV well, but you know what? There should be good people out there. Ted Lasso can't be alone. And then it was like, oh no, I have a partner and I'm dead. I'm like, oh, okay. That that scares. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was a uh, mess. Yeah, I just wish they would have given her more screen time than I think that maybe I don't know. Again, I think if you if you wanted to focus on the doctor. Then you got to give the doctor more something more, and but if you want to focus on the, the you know the family, which I've said before yeah. this, so I think yeah. I think had she had more scenes with um, Sheenan, um that could have smoothed some of that out because mm-hmm. he worked near her. Like I'm still not sure right. how he was doing so many things in this place, but also we all have worked right. somewhere where they want hiring more people. So I'm not sure if I'm going to ask that question. And so. Well, they were- they were essentially like free labor, essentially. These right. people for the period were used to, to do like the menial tasks that no one wanted to do. That's why yeah. Connor was so pissed off because before he was cured, he was like running for government, like he higher. Like he was a yeah. lawyer and now yeah. he's cleaning sidewalks. Yeah, yeah but like uh, I, I thought CNN was also going to be cleaning sidewalks, but then was like in the doctor's room holding patients down and doing other shit. And I was like, uh, huh? And so I feel like he was all over the place. So if we're going to do that, have them have more moments so we can get some of what she's trying to accomplish mm-hmm. um, before she's being bitten in the face. Because <laughs> then we could have supported her and we would have yeah. felt something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because we didn't know her clearly until the end. And it's like, why was that a surprise? Why could that have come up? They had yeah. scenes together. They did. And it was so confusing and flat. And I feel like they had Senan like, work with her because of that whole thing where current non-cured don't attack former or the cured because they have that gene or essence or odor i don't know they have something that they recognize but uh, the thing then i was like well then why don't they have all of the cured working in this facility yeah and why are they sweeping side because it was clearly understaffed in my reading of it and like watching (laughs) of it like so why don't you just have everybody there and then it's like then they won't necessarily perhaps reach that level of like public prejudice because they'll be like safe in this facility where they're all actually like their their strengths are being highlighted but yeah. no they it just felt like well, it I think was the, so confusing I think and they never said this but I think the fear in that is you put them all I think they were trying to keep them separated right. so they, they wouldn't were. become one force and then right. now you now you have a political power and can do something uh, which is what ended up happening, which I, I, I do think and I, it's a double-edged sword for me because I think that the first 
two thirds of this film are very are pretty slow and very cerebral, and then the last thirty minutes are just pure chaos. <laughs> and like, I for me, I I enjoyed the last thirty minutes. I and I think that it might have been worth the first two thirds of the film, but I could also see where people could come at it and not be because it just felt like let's put all the action that should have been taking place increasingly throughout this film in the last thirty minutes and just anarchy. <laughs> The last 30 minutes and when Abby has to escape from uh, the Cured Alliance are the two times I sat forward and was engaged. Mm -hmm. And for everything else, I was like, I hope this wasn't important because I don't know what I just watched. Mm -hmm. The government's trying to get everyone that never got sick. No, no, I'm talking about when she went to the meeting and then she had to escape because Connor's like, you're safe, you're a killer. Yeah, I was more of a chasing there. Yeah, that's what I sat for. I'm like, is the movie starting? And then like Abby went home, and we just didn't talk about it. And I'm like, oh, but I would bring that up. I would be like, you know what happened today? Your friend chased me with some of your other friends. Should we unpack this? (laughs) Right. Right. That's so real. That really, and that's one of those like examples of like a loose threat. It was like its own thing that was really engaging. That just like whoop. That's it. Now we're going to talk about Killian. Killian, my son. (laughs) Right? Connor is the king of loose threads because he also ate his mother and feels no remorse. So there's a story there. Right. We all have histories with our mothers. And so I'm not (laughs) judging him. I just want the story because the dad seems upset about it. And Connor's like, she was there. (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, There was some, like, in that scene, especially with the scene with his dad and then the scene after that when the military man comes in and tells Connor to leave his family alone his family doesn't want him this isn't his world anymore it felt like conversations that I've had with my family (laughs) like Mm -hmm. how dare you do this to us Mm -hmm. when he couldn't control what he was doing in the first place and like it just it all felt very like putting the shame on queer people from their family like from the families being like, you chose this lifestyle. You chose this. You did this to me. How do you, how dare you do this to me? And your family doesn't want you anymore. This isn't mm-hmm. your world. This is our world. And you're welcome to live by it. You must, you need to learn to obey. That's when I was like, I don't, God, like, oh, Shrey, you got to know about this. But like, I love that. Yeah, he's not good. And he's not evil. Like, I kind of see where he's coming from. Like, like, mm-hmm. One of the things the movie does get right um, is that there are villains on both sides. Because, Uh again, as an American, there are always villains to be seen (laughs) if you're in the right rooms. And I I love that because, like, I I feel like in American media, we like to be, like, white hats and the evil is upon us. And it's like, Uh no, that's boring and no one wants that. Where when you make it murky and you have people with stakes and actual arguments and reasons for doing what they're doing, that's juicier. So knowing Mm -hmm. Connor is like, I've been out for three days and all of you are on my damn nerves. (laughs) Um, I'm not, you don't want to make a person, I'm going to snap. I will become an arch villain. Um, (laughs) That's better than just being like, oh no, some of the cured are just evil. (laughs) yes big agree I appreciate that read of it because I definitely was frustrated at like the lack of conversation around like oh this person who I thought was like lost to the world is back and I feel like we really see it a lot with Connor and his his family rejecting him and society rejecting 
Um, but I was curious too, like, where is there room for anybody's joy? And it felt like there really wasn't. Like, Abby didn't even seem really happy to see Senan. You know, she was kind of like, what's up, Senan? Like, you were related to us and might know some stuff about Luke, so live in my house. Which is why I say she feels very like hashtag good ally versus yeah. like I'm doing this because I, I truly believe in, in the humanity of these folks. And I wish that we could have seen that like more like I believe in the humanity. Um, but also yeah. with the read that you gave, Trent, I completely see like how much like that actually works really well too. like to not have to have that absent. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. did feel like, you know, the performative ally especially like okay because you talk about the scene where she is in the meeting she feels she's but she's going she's not going it's she's not going in there to learn more to understand this right problem she's going in there to expose them she brought a video camera with her so she's not necessarily in there for good intentions and connor tells her connor okay i didn't understand this part did she not know that scene and killed luke because like no. He lied to her. He kept lying to her okay. because she's like, what happened? He's like, we got separated. And I'm like, I know you don't buy that, Abby. I know you I don't buy like, that. I was like, yeah. I was like, you got to know deep down that he killed right. Luke. Like, that's why he's so, like, messed up about it. Yeah. yeah. But again, the fact that Connor's sort of, like, holding that card for the second, like, they have a disagreement to be like, I'm going to tell Abby what you did to the husband after I beat you and leave that part out. Um, and yes. so... I'm like, what kind of daytime drama is this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of real housewife bullshit, is this? Right? Real zombies of the UK. <laughs> but yeah, and I also think that's why she couldn't tell Seenan that she was in there because she couldn't be like, well, I snuck in to like expose your friends right. to the world, like I, you know, undercover investigator <laughs> to these Pardon? evil occurred. Part of me wonders if she brought him into the house just for the story, because again, she seems to be a reporter <laughs> who, yeah. who likes a story and is That's off the cover true. of New McDonald's, which is boring. And then she's like, oh, Connor might have a story. And so I'm wondering if instead of being like, That's my brother in law, it was like, That's possibly a story. Let's see what happens. I feel like if it had stated that clearly, I would have been really into this movie, you know? <laughs> Because it would have been a choice. Like, right, I, exactly. The movie fails because no choices were made. And those choices would have made things interesting <laughs> and it would have given us stakes and raised some levels because, again, people are just doing shit until things pop off. And then right. Abby's like, I have an ax for this moment because it won't happen to me again. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, Abby, but also, <laughs> where have you been the whole movie? <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> and I love that the act is like right next to the front door. Like he, she just had to go in like, boop, there it is. <laughs> it was very Auntie Maxine energy. It was like, you only get one shot. You missed the house the first time. <laughs> You're not coming back the second time. And I, like, even at the end, she's like, uh, my kid's bit. I love you. I'm going to have to shoot you. And uncle has to step in to be like, there are other ways. <laughs> And she's like, I will not be bitten. I did not survive two zombie apocalypses to have my little toddler bite me. <laughs> Truly. Oh, uh, yeah. Gosh. That is deep American energy, though. Yeah. To, to be like, <laughs> I'm not going to let this toddler bite me. I will shoot 
him in the head. <laughs> right? It's the humane thing to do. It's like, he's still alive, Abby. You can wait two seconds. And she's right. like, no, I brought him into this world. <laughs> and I will take him out. <laughs> and yeah, and it was so like, again, it goes back to our point that like they're, everyone is a little bit evil in this movie. Everyone yes. a little, like, because the, the, you know, Abby played by Elliot Page, you kind of, at the beginning, I was like, okay, this is Elliot Page. Clearly, this character is going to be the one that I'm rooting for, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I, as it keeps going, I'm like, oh, girl, you got some questionable motives here. <laughs> Again, no choices were made. And so I wasn't rooting for anyone. I wasn't rooting for anyone to succeed or fail. I was just rooting right. for the credits to happen. Because oh. I was like, <laughs> yes. and then the chaos broke out. And I was like, oh, at least this is fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I really liked when the chaos happened in that it was like that inevitable thing of all of those naysayers are now going to get what's coming to them. And like, they don't even have a great evacuation plan. And uh, I loved that. I was like, everybody get eight. Watching them not learn from the last time this happened felt um, very on brand for what I know a government could look like. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, there's no escaping. Cool. That's fair. Oh, and <laughs> the line that Connor has at one point during the meeting, uh, it was, it's super interesting because they're talking about how Cassina tells Connor that the still the, the infected don't kill the cured because they think that they're still infected, which I guess they kind of are. But like he says, well, we're then we're safer with the infected than we are with the non-infected. Yeah, it's like that's really interesting way to think about that. Like these the cured are yeah yeah I can see where like. Let's release all the infected and see what the fuck happens. Yeah. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah. Like, that was at least a choice. And so yeah. I was excited. Uh, <laughs> again, yeah. I I kind of I kind of feel like Connor might be the hero. And I don't know if it's because he ate his mother and doesn't care. And so I just, I want to, <laughs> like, fall in line with that. Because I'm just like, teach me your ways. Um, or... <laughs> <laughs> or it's because he actually makes a choice because everybody else is very much like I don't know I'm just here living mm-hmm. and I'm like that's that is a thing we could do or we could make choices mm-hmm. <laughs> I I hate that I want to quote into the woods but it's very wicked the witch the wicked witches um song you're not nice you're good not good you're just right or whatever right. she says it's right. not good you're not nice you're just right yeah, yeah. That, that's what that. it is yeah. <laughs> It's true. Um, <laughs> but also, yeah, that uh, there's the cross section of horror and musical and theater right there, quoting mm-hmm. yeah. into the woods in relationship to the cured. I love it. Right? I didn't think I had it in me. Like, <laughs> I might have peaked. This is the last episode. We're canceling everything else. <laughs> it was also really interesting the the line that they make between like the virus. And like what that makes people do, and what people do just from their own nature, you know. Right. Because like with that moment when Connor just like goes ape shit and like stabs that a military man like thirty billion times <laughs> in, on the roof or whatever, like that was like, are you still infected, sir? But no, that was just Connor being pissed off. Like you're gonna die now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I would follow Connor because apparently Connor got shot through the heart and is still out there, which is another sign of a great villain. 
Yeah. Eats mother, causes mayhem, gets shot through the heart, and then crawls away to come back another day. <laughs> I did. I loved that moment. I was like, what? <laughs> that was a su- surprise for me. Had to rewatch. I thought he'd be at the house. I thought he was going to the house because apparently when things happen, people come back to this house. And I'm like, that did not work out the first time. Why are we doing it again? Mm-hmm. And they are like homing signals, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the only choice you make is the wrong choice. Okay, family, go off. <laughs> so- <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I just, I can't say enough how I want to one day see Elliot Page with a cast and script that mm-hmm. supports him because he's always delivering. He is always delivering, which is why I'm surprised I never heard about this movie because I normally know what he's doing even if I don't get to see it immediately because I'm poor. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what's this zombie movie? And of course, Elliot Page is like, I'm going to serve it to you. I don't know what it is and why I'm here, but I'm going <laughs> to try and get on award. <laughs> yes. And yeah. yeah, why hasn't Elliot Page won more awards? Like, I... He is fantastic, and mm-hmm. you know, in this film, I don't, I, I don't think the writing necessarily supported him as much. Mm-hmm. But I've seen other things where he's been fantastic in, and yeah. I just, and even in movies that I'm like, that was not a great movie, but Elliot Page was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elliot yeah. Page made me think I like these X Men movies for a minute, and I was like, no, I just like Elliot Page, and What's so that? I had to like take a step back and be like, I'll see you somewhere else. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fully agree. I- good in everything that they touch like everything that he's in I think it's just so good but I felt like their big performances in in this like the character of Abigail I was like why are you shouting though like into I was engrossed by the performance and then I story-wise I was like I don't understand the the, the outburst I I will say them I was just gonna say the moment when she when Abby did like scream at Cena to get him to get out of the house was like it kind of like uh, it hurt me <laughs> it was like damn that's when I was like you didn't know this already girl like <laughs> that scene that scene pisses me off because mm-hmm. Abby's having this moment and she seated the whole scene yeah if you I again someone who's a commitment phobe so will probably never be married but if you tell me you ate my husband I'm gonna stand up and we're gonna have a moment I'm gonna be like whoa <laughs> Because then Abby has to rely on Cenan to get Killian out of the situation as well. Because the government's like, no, you're coming with us. (laughs) That was a really interesting moment. I was like, oh, that's an interesting kind of plot point there. (laughs) Yeah, because again, I was like, it felt because that great outburst comes so close to then Abby being like, get my son. I was like, really? Yeah. Just the, it was like a real it was real 180 and I could see it working but I just in this I was like I don't buy it. Maybe well, I was see, already so frustrated by that point, I don't know. See, I <laughs> I bought it because she want she needed to save Killian. The government was oh not going to let her. Oh. She happens to see him. He she he is the only option she has. 
Right. So she has to go with him. If not, who knows where Killian will end up. I think they were also trying to subtly push that whole they're connected via DNA through this child. Because, again, we're dealing oh, with science yeah. and shit. And so they were like, mm-hmm. well, also what we're doing for this kid who was your brother's. And it's like, but we don't. I mean, yeah, he likes his nephew. That's been established. But I don't know if we're willing to die for the nephew just because we played Legos a couple times. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't right. know. <laughs> right. I will say I liked that kid. <laughs> just to 180 that. I thought that that kid was kind of cool and just enough like weird kid energy that I really appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) Like super big weird kid energy. Like upstairs playing with an edge sketch and writing like really dark poetry. (laughs) Yes. I was like, I think I relate to this kid a little too much. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I just want to shout out the cinematography, which I was, whenever I would fade into boredom or confusion or frustration I would like be like wow that's a nice frame I know nothing about actual cinematography but which tells me that it was really well shot because even I could tell there were some beautiful moments because I think that's what got us Sheree is because this was one of our posts during pride month was about the director writer of this film and I was like oh these pictures look really cool this movie looks like it could be really interesting and then I think there were some people that said they liked this movie and some people like I, liking things and yeah. i don't hate the movie i yeah. didn't I, I liked it it's just not one of my favorites yeah yeah i just thought it was really really gorgeously shot it was um yeah also how did they they tattoo the eyes for the cure does anybody know that's just a curious question of mine i was it's very taken after commitment <laughs> right to know that as well because I can't wear contact because I'm right. accident prone and also I'm forgetful so I would go to sleep if I did get them in there and so there's no world in where wearing contacts doesn't end with me losing an eyeball or both and so <laughs> I'm always fascinated when people can do weird shit to eyeballs for makeup like I it's part of the reason I'm fascinated with drag queens it's like what are these kind of <laughs> things you're doing yeah, I, I, I wonder if it was contact because that. when they're infected their eyes are like super bl- like bloody bloodshot mm-hmm. almost and then so you have to have those for those actors and then for the cured and i think the only one that we see the tattoo on is seen in maybe connor maybe we see it on him too i don't yeah, remember i actually don't remember it. i remember sending showed it like a couple of times because he, yeah he has to show it to get into the base to go to work every day or whatever yeah yeah but anyway yeah that would i, I want to know let us know just, just threw that out <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, be- there, there was some beautiful shots. Like that scene where they are like connected at the forehead and just kind of like, oh, here we go. We're going through this. Like I could, I could mm-hmm. put that shot on my wall, like just yeah. as, a, as an image. But it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, are we ready to get spicy with some hot takes? Yes. You, as our guest of honor, get to go first, Gina. (laughs) Understood. I don't know if mine is spicy. It's it's one that I mentioned earlier, but I I really wanted to know if anybody was relieved when their loved ones were brought back from the brink, or if they were all just angry about the acts that they committed when they were sick, and if they were were scared that they would do them again, which I feel like that we get that commentary from, like, the, the greats. Mm-hmm. populace of like we're scared we're scared we're scared so we're acting like jerks but i wanted that like more personal level of like what's it like to like 
be so mm -hmm. happy that your loved one is back, but also be terrified that they could turn on you or be like, you could lose them again. Like, I feel like that yeah. is something I was craving. <laughs> just wanted to- Cause it would have been a choice as opposed to, <laughs> I'm gonna let you live here and we'll talk about it behind your back. Um, just be happy or sad he's there. Just give me a, give me something. I don't even care. Dealer's choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> For yeah. me, for me, it was an, uh, the, just the image of how easily it is for people to take other people's humanity away. And I think mm -hmm. that as a society, we've done that to almost every marginalized community. Mm -hmm. And in this one, you really get it from a queer perspective because it's not just the outside world that's doing it. Your own family is taking away your humanity, mm -hmm. you know, and blaming you for things that you did when you weren't in control of your body. So yeah, I think I think that's what it's trying to show is just that you know how easily we're like, oh, you did that, never mind. Your humanity's gone. You can't. You, you're unredeemable. Mm. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I would have loved to have seen a choice made. I would have loved to have seen a choice made um, one way or the other because that would have been interesting. Because I imagine someone is happy that Grams is back. I don't know. <laughs> what right. if it was a what if it was a person who didn't even eat anybody because they were caught immediately and so they have a clear conscience? Like, can that person? Yeah. <laughs> what's that journey? Yeah, so I that's a good hot take actually. My hot take is which I've already sort of mentioned because I keep doing that. Um, my hot take <laughs> is that I I would like to see the script because I feel like choices might have been made in that direction. Um, I I I don't direct my own things because. Again, that other pair of eyes is just good to have. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'd like to see what is actually there to work with and what that could be. And if some of my questions are secretly in there, but they just weren't pushed to the forefront. Um, and I would also like to see the flesh because when I tweeted, I was watching this for reasons. But I don't tell people what I'm watching for this and for life. Um, <laughs> so, someone mentioned, Anthony mentioned that the, the flesh is a better film than this one. And he thinks that this is based on that. Um, and so I would like to track that down and see if that gets me where I wanted to go with this. Interesting. Yeah, you'll have to let us know about the flesh if you, if yeah. you can find it anywhere. Yeah. Um, my hot take is, and I've kind of already hit on this as well, but um, I'm not completely, I, I don't know that I would completely disagree with what the actions taken by the Cured Alliance. I, sometimes you have to create a little chaos to mm -hmm. have progress. And you mm -hmm. see that in this movie. They put they release all the infected, and suddenly the next scene, it's like, well, we've uh, the government is stupid, and we we should have listened to them. They lied to us. And I was like, <laughs> now y'all know. <laughs> listen, just have, had to have a few more snacks, and now you know. <laughs> yeah, I fully agree with that. I did like that. That I was rooting for the chaos at the end. I was like, yeah, this feels right. This yeah. seems great. Yeah, it feels like the, the movie felt like I was in school all day and then recess happened. And I was like, yay! <laughs> and then the credits well, no, were there. For, <laughs> me, it, for me, it felt like two-thirds of the movie were like, because again, I read The Cured as like a queer mm -hmm. lens. And it felt like, here's all the ways that we have given you shame. Here's all the ways that we have taken away your humanity. Here's all the ways that we've kicked you out of your families and told you that your families don't want you and you have to obey what we think as a straight culture and we you know or gender binaries and all that bullshit and then the last 30 minutes is when the queer culture says no fuck you we're done 
here you're infected and you're all going to die. <laughs> and you're yeah. <laughs> I do like that read. I really do. I would watch that movie if we redid this to like really like bring that to the forefront. Yes. Yeah. Let's yeah, have a Kickstarter. <laughs> he might have tried to be too he might have tried to be too subtle. Yeah. Yeah. With some of those things. I don't know. I mean maybe but maybe I'm reading into it something he did not intend. I don't know. <laughs> I think the read makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I think that the frustrations for me is is in the the subtle the subtlety of the storytelling and yeah, I don't know. I feel like I was going somewhere else with this, but that's what I'm saying. Same. I think that the subtlety is the reason why some things feel coded when they don't need to be coded. In 2017, you can uncode things and cast brown people. But yes. you know what? Yes, yes. <laughs> what do I oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> and, if, and, if, and if they're not in Ireland, just ship them over there. It's okay. Yeah. We'll believe you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, sure there's, I, I'm sure there's tourism. We, got, we <laughs> have things. People were flying places in 2017. Um, that was one of the last times we could. So you could have definitely put over some actors if you were like, I can't find any in this whole country. Um, you could have been like, does anybody have a friend who wants to fly to Ireland for a few weeks? Elliot Page will be here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, that's funny. It's funny because, so I follow a few I, uh, Black Irish activists on Twitter. I, there we go. Um, they could have been cast right there. So, you know, they do, t they talk about all the time how they feel like they're erased when Irish culture is being talked about and that they exist, et cetera. But I'm also like, even if that's not quote unquote, the reality, it's 2017 you, it, and it's a zombie movie. Yeah. So like, just bring in other people, <laughs> like bring in people so that it's a great mix of people. <laughs> That is that is what salts my teens. Like this podcast is horror and sci-fi. So you're creating yep. worlds and you're creating monsters and you're creating theories and who knows what else you're creating. And you're like, oh, but we can't have black people here because that's right. just too far. Nobody will believe that. Right. You had a vampire dance on a parakeet right. <laughs> and a door frame. That's <laughs> like, oh, you remember, you remember all the bullshit reasons why people said that... Um, Ariel, the live-action Little Mermaid, couldn't be a black right. girl. And I was like, yeah. she's right. underwater and light doesn't go down. And I was like, y'all looking for some real right. bullshit. No, like, mermaid can't be black. And I was like, what is your research? What are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> show, me, show me the bibliography. <laughs> Cite your sources. Right? What scientific journal are you reading? It's like when yeah. Jodie Whittaker got cast as Doctor Who. And it's like a woman can't drive the TARDIS, and it's like, why can't she? <laughs> yes, yes. You, you mean this? You mean this alien, this fictional alien, and a police box that's been going for eighty years and changes people every three seasons and has two hearts can't be a woman? Because why? <laughs> Keep her getting all PC now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Especially since the doctor's not even supposed to be a male man. He's technically genderless. He just happens to always hop into a white cis man. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel is the doctor being like, you know what gives me less problems? Being a cis white man. <laughs> so I'm not mad at them That's for true. doing that. I love that. Yes. I do Touché. love that. Oh my gosh. So no. real. They're like, I just want to drive my TARDIS. I don't want any questions. So here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, that is our thoughts on the Geard and many other things. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Gina, for joining us. Yay! Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Bucket <laughs> list check. Yay! <laughs> it's been a blast. We'll have to have you back on sometime. Yeah. Um, next up, we're covering Tom at the Farm with Egrain from What a Scream podcast. And that'll continue our month of celebrating queer artists, a.k.a. theme, let's hear it for the gays. Let's hear it for the gays. I love when we pick a theme <laughs> so we can prove I have no rhythm and can't sing. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want people to know about me. <laughs> love it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.